And hello and welcome everyone, we are back again for another installment of the Retro Hero Video Podcast. It's a video book club where Matt and myself take a look at some of the finest, some of the strangest, and occasionally some of the worst adaptations of our favorite uh, comic books and superhero stories. Yeah, yeah, so far the uh, show's been really great. Yeah. Uh, we've explored some pretty interesting animated shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is our first live-action one? Te- our first live-action series, we technically did that Stan Lee reality show. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. But this is our first live-action series that's not a game show, reality show. It's also the longest thing we've ever done. This was like a full hour. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny, because, you know, normally when we do this show, I love it, because it's kind of a break from the normal podcast format. Oh, I only gotta watch 22 minutes of TV, make up some screenshots, and then Matt and I talk for 40 minutes. I edit it myself. Oh, it's so great. (laughs) This time, I'm like, oh, a whole hour-long epic series. Okay, I'll sit down and watch it. Like, (laughs) like, like an hour before we have to do the show. Yes, I know Retro Hero (laughs) was my idea, but I also didn't do my homework, okay? (laughs) That's, that's what I do. Uh, Honestly, this, uh, I honestly thought this is the finale of our big haven't seen it arc, where Matt and I tried to look at shows we haven't actually seen before and know, like, the back of our hand. We were supposed to do this one, like, two other times, but news kept getting in the way, life kept getting in the way. Mm -hmm. That's why we're dropping it in the middle of the month instead of, like, at the beginning of a new month. Yeah, yeah. In case people were wondering. I don't know if people actually follow our release schedules that hard, but that's that's why we're doing it now. <laughs> but yes, before we hop into the show proper, everyone, before we do our uh, regular, uh, regularly scheduled uh, anthropological deep dive into the year the show was made, I want to tell you that this episode, much like the comic multiverse for uh, the first two months in October, have been brought to us courtesy of the really awesome Kickstarter project, Black Tooth uh, Battalion, uh, courtesy of uh, Omari Malik, who's a young up-and-coming comic creator who really wanted us to talk this up, and I'm really glad we've had a chance to. I'm actually looking at the Kickstarter right now, and it's about halfway there with about 30 days to go. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so if this makes it, I'm going to feel really happy about it. For those who don't know, uh, Black Tooth Battalion is an anthology series of three brand new, very cool, very slick, very interesting, very original superheroes, mm-hmm. Ad Astra, Dogpile, and Snakebite, that uh, Omari would like to see, you know, uh, people really respond to so he can hopefully do more with them, I can assume, because isn't that what every comic creator wants? And uh, these look really good. I've, of course, uh, you know, when I edit this later, I'll flash it all up on the screen for you to see what's going on. Uh, obviously, I've seen a lot of Kickstarters, Matt and I both have, but this one really spoke to us, and it's something that we really wanted to try and get behind with the channel, and I'm glad to see so many followers have gotten behind it too and say that they're supporting yeah. this. That makes me feel good. Yeah, it's great. It, it, everything about the anthology series and the three books that are connected to it look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels unique and original mm-hmm. and not, uh, you know, aping off bigger bigger things or anything. Exactly. But yeah, yeah it, it just all looks fantastic. And it's just a well goddamn put together Kickstarter too yeah, that looks clean yeah. and professional and everything. If I if God forbid we have to start a Kickstarter, Matt, for any reason, for anything, if you know, uh what is it, if we're struck with creativity and not just talking into microphones every week there, I'm gonna ask Omari to be like, Hey, can you help us do ours? <laughs> We'll, we'll sort it out the night before. <laughs> yes, as as I, if, if this show is any indication of how I would run a Kickstarter, I would do it the night before, right before it launched. Oh, crap, I guess i got to record the video for this now. All right. <laughs> and it would be bad. <laughs> but yes, with that out of the way, everyone, we can hop into the show proper. Of course, if you've never listened to Retro Hero before, uh, we do things a little differently here. Not only do we talk about the show... Do we talk about our thoughts and feelings? Do we talk about how it relates to comic books? But also, we do a bit of a, you know, cultural deep dive here to try and explore the place and time that the show was released. Mainly because when we do talk about shows here, it's shows from, like, the 90s or even further Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, yeah, early 2000s or something, yeah. Yes, yeah, because, you know, I mean, obviously art isn't created in a vacuum, so you want to see what the culture was like at the time. What's really funny about (laughs) The Alfred Show... Pennyworth. I keep calling it the Alfred show. I keep wanting to call it Alfred, but it's actually called Pennyworth. I'm going to make that mistake. Well, it's a lot. called Pennyworth, the prequel to Batman's Butler or something now. They changed the title recently. Yes. To some 
just fucking ridiculous. Uh, in the third season, which should let you know, yeah, this yeah. show got three seasons, which blew me yeah. away, and that's why I put it on this list. I'm like, well, fuck, I guess Matt and I have to talk about it now. Yeah, it kept getting renewed to, like, mine and pretty much everyone else's amazement. Yeah, somebody's definitely watching it. But, yeah, the first episode actually dropped in 2019, only three years ago, making this officially wow. the newest show we've ever covered on Retro and here. And it's gotten three seasons so quickly as well. That's the I know. thing. <laughs> It's absolutely mind-blowing. So let, let me take you back, everyone, to the world of yesterday, not that long ago, 2019. The pandemic hadn't hit yet. The world had not yet changed, and we weren't living in the shadow of it. Not to say the world wasn't totally fucked up at that point, but, you know, we didn't have a land war in Europe. We didn't have a massive pandemic yet. Yep. Truly, these were simpler times. <laughs> And and in these simpler times, Matt, what what do you think the number one song in the world was at the time? Twenty nineteen. Holy yes. shit! Uh... Not not that long ago. I have no idea. It I can't even remember what what this year's top song I've, was. I know, right? Tell me about Well, here's the funny thing about gauging this. You know, obviously, in other times when we've done this show, I've had, like, you know, the actual billboards and everything to go off of. Because we're in the modern era now, it's a lot harder because you got to factor in streaming and you got to factor in the internet yeah. and everything else. Yeah. But because of that, songs that become hit songs do so because they catch on virally. And I don't think you could ask for a bigger viral hit than what was the number one song in 2019 because it was Old Town Road by Little Nas X. <laughs> I should have guessed. <laughs> gonna take my horse to the Old Town Road. Gonna ride. I, I like this song. I don't care what anyone says. It's a pretty says. good song. It's, it's pretty good song. It's fucking catchy. You know, I, I, I did think Little Nas X was going to be a one-hit wonder. I thought it was going to be a novel hit but no he kept coming back and kept making interesting work holy shit yeah yeah now do you know the story behind this that uh when they uploaded it to spotify originally they uploaded it to the country section by mistake yeah yeah that, that i remember that being the whole thing where like people didn't like that he was being counted as a country artist yes and yeah you know for many many reasons yo yes um, yeah, not yes. just because uh, his the music wasn't uh, country or anything. Yes, know. yes. Oh, yeah, it actually became quite a lightning rod for controversy in the music yeah. industry about, like, you know, racism in country, homophobia in country, you know, like, yep. why why do we have these, like, very strict genres and everything for music? Shouldn't you mm -hmm. just be happy that you had a hit and everything? It It got really crazy, and also, it only got weirder because, like, the song was a hit, but there wasn't a video for the song yet. The first version I saw had, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 stuff behind it on YouTube. That was okay. what went really viral. Okay. It was only later when they did the remix with fucking Billy Ray Cyrus, of all people. That's the video that everyone knows, the one that also got bigger. Mm-hmm. Also, think about that. This song was so big, it briefly resurrected Billy Ray Cyrus's yeah, career. Yeah, holy shit. And that he was the one lending legitimacy to this one, because yeah, he had, don't yeah. break my heart, my achy, breaky heart, my daughter's more famous than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good on you, Lil Nas X. You, uh, you gave us something fun to enjoy there in 2019 when we needed it. Yeah. And also started a hell of a conversation, which I don't even know if he intended to do that, but well, he did it. Yeah, and he lent, lent into it as well. Sure he did. Into the whole country thing. Absolutely. Right. Again, you know, I think because he's like, you know, young creative person in the internet yeah. age where it's like, well, time to lean into it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, as far as movies go, what, what do you think the biggest movie of 2019 was? Is that Avengers Endgame? You would think so, right? You're close. It was a Disney movie. Oh, okay. Star Wars? Uh, 2019? No, no Star Wars in 2019. It was the live action Lion King. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that made a bunch of money didn't it it did i was blown away that i don't know if it was for the whole year but it was definitely for like the week that this alfred show came out this was the biggest thing <laughs> okay yeah i've not seen it have i seen it i, can't, I honestly can't remember just because it's it's like why yeah and also because all of these live action disney movies run together at a point yeah like, again, the, the original Lion King is, like, such a triumph of animation and storytelling and music and everything. I'm like, I, I don't need to see the live-action version. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people did, and it made a ton of money, and it's getting a weird sequel-prequel in Mufasa in a couple years. 
Yeah, directed by Barry Jenkins, of all people. Okay, sure. Why not? I get those lions sure looked realistic. I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Feels feels like a whole sequel made just so they could have the moment of like, oh, and when did Scar become Scar? Yeah, yeah. Because what else is going to be your big moment in a prequel, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I joked about this on another show, but was his name already Scar, or did his parents just have amazing foresight? <laughs> yeah, are we going to see him, like, get the Scar? Oh, it's going to no. be like Thanos collecting the Infinity Stones. Oh, it's going to be 100% that. I just want to know, was his name, like, Steve before that? <laughs> yeah, something really, yeah, like, like John. But ba Babyface Bob was his name before he got the scar, and then after that, no one could call him anything but. Hey, Scar, you big bitch, what's going on? What's the matter? It was being all deformed and shit. So yeah, so there's movies for you, everyone. Again, I didn't see this one. I know it's on streaming. I could see it on Disney Plus anytime I want, but I'm in no particular rush. Mm-hmm. To think, too, you know, you had to enjoy these because uh, soon you wouldn't be able to see movies at the theater anymore. This is like the last gasp of before everything coming out on streaming and being like, is it safe to put movies out in theaters anymore? We don't even know. Yeah, yeah. The world was about to change. Uh, now, as far as television, this one is also very hard to gauge, just like music, because you have so many different streaming apps and so many different shows. But according to my research, apparently the most watched show in 2019 when Alfred dropped was The Boys on Amazon Season 1. Yeah, makes sense. Man, this thing was huge, and I I've gone on record before, and I'll say it again. I think Season 1 of The Boys is perfectly fine, but oh boy, the show that it would become later on. Yeah, seasons two and three are, like, really where it, like, found its footing and what it wanted to be and everything, and mm. it's just gotten so much better. It really has. It has transcended the comics that it is based on, and to think that it caught on so well with your average, like, mom-and-pop, Joe-and-Jane popcorn audience, I guess, I guess they were just ready for something to, you know, slaughter the sacred cows that were, you know, you know, the other superhero stuff. Yeah. It's, it's also kind of funny, too, because, you know, it's totally riffing on, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but draping it in DC hero Superman ephemera, and yet it's brought to us by Amazon. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that evil corporation that is bought. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can't trust that evil media corporation. We're cool, though, right? <laughs> How them socks and batteries and everything else. Oh, yeah, I got them to you in less than a day. Yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to know how many people I had to kill for it? No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much of the Amazon I burnt down? Yeah. How many people didn't get pee breaks so you could get this? Yeah, don't think about it. Don't think about it. I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> you shouldn't either. Now, the most surprising thing was actually what the number one video game was in 2019 when this aired. This one actually blew me away, but made more sense when I stopped and thought about it, because I remember it was actually a big story at the time, because it was part of a series that had never actually done good in North America until this one. Do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? Uh, I think so. It's a Switch it's game. I'll help you out. Switch game. Uh, okay. I, 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 I'm not too sure now. Uh, Fire Emblem, The Three Houses. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember, again, this was actually quite a lightning rod for controversy, too, because a lot of the hardcore Fire Emblem fans were like, oh, they made it too easy, they dumbed it down for casual players and everything, mm -hmm. to which the company and everyone else is like, yeah, you can say that, but it's also the most successful Fire Emblem game in North America ever. It actually got to be number one. It never got to be number one before, so sit and spin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this this is also getting a sequel too, Dinner. Didn't it already get like a weird like Dynasty Warriors spin-off or was that just a fever dream? No, it did. There, there was another one that came out. I I don't know whether it was related. I'm not too sure. Maybe it was. I'm not sure. I kept meaning to play this one cuz I've always liked the idea of Fire Emblem, but I'm definitely one of those casual plebs who is also slightly scared away by it. Where it's like, "What do you mean I'll fall in love with one of my units and then they might die?" What? Yeah, what? <laughs> also, is this the one, or am I thinking of another Fire Emblem game where you can basically play matchmaker with your army and unlock, uh, what is it, their descendants who are their own unique uh, hero units and everything? I think that was another one. This one was about, like... School, There was, right? like, schools, yeah. There was, like, and you could, like, join, like, a house. Right. V very Harry Potter-ish, let me guess. Was there a Slytherin-like, a Hufflepuff-like, and a Gryffindor-like? <laughs> 
pretty sure, yes. Probably. Only I bet this one had more queer representation. Ho ho! <laughs> yeah, topical date in this episode. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, of course, we're a comic book show, first and foremost, so we have to talk about what was going on in the world of comics in 2019, and it's something that we are very much living in the shadow of still all these years later. I'm, of course, talking about uh, Jonathan Hickman's epic relaunch, reboot, re-everything, basically, of the X-Men line. House of X and Powers of X was coming out at this time. Yes, uh, comics you can actually head over to our channels and check out. Hey, we yeah. actually reviewed them. We covered all of these, actually, <laughs> which we rarely ever get to say when we do this, but we were there, man. We were there when it <laughs> happened, and oh, man, what a magical time to be an X-Men fan, right? Yeah, oh, it's so fucking cool. They went from, like, the lowest of lows, where it's like, oh, God, you know, all this, you know, posturing with the movies and everything, and all this running in place has just made X-Men so unreadable, and no one looks or acts like themselves anymore, and here comes House and Powers of X being like, look, we're bringing everything back, every character you like, and we're putting a cool new spin on it. Mm-hmm. The whole, you know, Krakoa as an island nation refuge for mutants, Moira being retconned as a mutant who's lived multiple different lives and keeps trying to save mutant kind only to get screwed over every time, uh, Apocalypse and everything else they did with it. It's just, it's not every day you're reading something and being like, this is going to be one of those legendary runs that people look back on. Yeah, and you could just tell as well. It just felt so important. Everything about yeah. it felt important. Yeah, everything mattered in some way, and it's and still we're still getting like some of those like plot points paying yep. off this far away from when it started. Yeah, Hickman's not even on the book anymore, and it's still no. basically all enveloping. In fact, just just a couple weeks ago, <coughs> they announced you know the fall of X, which seems like oh, I guess this will be maybe the end of Krakoa or the end of something. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they had House and Power, then Dawn, then Destiny, and now they're talking about the fall, whatever that means. Though, honestly, I wouldn't see them blowing up Krakoa entirely. No, yeah, no. Well, I, I, again, they set something up in a recent comic that feels like, oh, you have to blow up Krakoa for this thing to happen for story reasons. Mm. I, yeah. I, I truly think, and I could be wrong... But I think they're going to keep riding what Hickman did basically until it's time for a new movie to come out. And then they'll set it all back to zero and the, the mansion yeah. and what you know. Yeah, that, that that's what I thought. Yeah, we're going to get like a, at least a couple more years until the the MCU need to have like comics go back to like more classical mm -hmm. X-Men for their movies. Yeah. And by that point, it'll be nostalgic. And at that point, we'll be excited mm -hmm. for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Once we know that they've wringed all the juice out of Krakoa in this era of X-Men. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, over at DC, they had another little book. Uh, they had a little book called Deceased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is a very simple concept. Hey, what if the DC universe but zombies? Yeah, yeah. What if we had every horror movie enter the world trope you like, but we put it in a superhero book and we made it so anyone could die at any time? Yeah, and we'll get the guy who likes killing off heroes mm -hmm. uh to ride it yeah yeah tom taylor who's made a nice tidy little career out of like game of thrones of fire like i could kill anyone at any moment you don't know <laughs> i throw a dart at a board and then i just write from there <laughs> uh wildly successful that had like three or four sequels and spin-offs depending on how you count it in fact uh war of the undead gods the newest installment in the dc saga is going on right now as we record this Yes, the final installment. Yeah, they say final, but like every good mm -hmm. horror movie, dead never means dead. That's true, that's true. It will only rise again from the grave, <laughs> if you will. But uh, yeah, so that was everything that was happening in the world in 2019. There's a nice little, uh, nice little uh, cross-section, if you will, of what's going on. And with that out of the way, we can actually hop into the show proper that is Alfred Episode 1, just called Pilot Episode. Yeah, just Pilot. Just Pilot. Okay, so Act 1 of the show... Complete cold open, we're in the English countryside somewhere, and oh my god, they actually spent a little money because we're hearing Rolling Stones uh, painted black. Yeah, 
Yeah, th- this show uh, d- doesn't kind of skimp out when it comes to the music. Which I was shocked by. I assumed if they were making an Alfred show, it was like, oh, well, we wanted to make a Batman show, but that's expensive. I was genuinely surprised by the fact that money was spent on this. I know, I know. It, it, it's uh, it's strange. I, I don't know what, what, like, compelled the producers and writers and everything to decide that this is what they were going to spend money on, but yeah. They did. So if that wasn't British enough, uh, we get a big fox hunt, a bunch of big, important-looking dudes in red jackets chasing a fox, because that's what you do when you're part of the British uh, aristocracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Gotta do it. You gotta get out there with your boys. You gotta gotta hunt the fox. Gotta do the thing. Yeah, you do fox hunts, and then hide your son's... Mm. uh, sexual predator nature yep always there you go yeah. Yeah. uh we're introduced uh right away to one of our big heavies of the first episode and i'm assuming she comes back as she had like recurring character written mm-hmm. all over her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah for, for those who don't know matt for once actually watched ahead because he actually liked the first episode enough to keep going so <laughs> every so often i'm gonna ask him questions <laughs> but yes this uh this woman is sykes and she has like total James Bond era, like quirky villain enforcer, all over her, right? Yeah, yeah. She she comes back a little later on. I'm only four episodes deep. Oh, well, there you I haven't go. gone back and watched, but yeah, she does come back eventually. Yeah, she's a she's a total like Jaws style heavy. Her and another mustachioed villain kidnap one of these fancy lords. They knock him off his horse, and uh, eventually we discover later on that they're part of some weird. Sp- by you know group called the raven society and we see them printing their literature there it's like hey it's the british flag with a big black bird on it hey that kind of looks like uh what is it the german iron eagle and as you find out later they actually are a fascist group so there you go homegrown fascists at the end of the war there's actually a lot of bird imagery all over the show because in the opening credits which is even more james bond we get a whole thing of like a silhouette of alfred being chased by a silhouette of a raven yeah do you reckon it's a raven or do you reckon they'll like turn it into a bat oh how about that yeah that's the thing bats and birds and everything else they did that in the comics of course with the court of owls and when i was watching this i had to think to myself did they want to do court of owls but couldn't so they're just like ah fuck it raven something (laughs) i really wonder because even like in the like cartoons we like there's a great uh alfred episode the the lion and the unicorn and i'm like oh so that had like a weird animal motif too it's funny that that kind of made it in here too yeah yeah now in the opening credits too we see that this show comes to us courtesy of executive producer and developer and you know he wears a lot of hats bruno heller who of course worked on rome and gotham are like his two big claims to fame yeah, and this is what is kind of weird because this show is technically a prequel to got to like Gotham. Really, that version but, of Alfred? Well, I think that's what it started out as. I don't know whether it is now. Oh, true enough, it but, might have changed. But like that's that was like the whole thing. Like when Gotham was like really popular for yeah. some reason, they like, oh, we'll do an Alfred show, and it'll be based on this Alfred. I mean, I could totally headcanon that into seeing that's the case, because obviously the Alfred in the Gotham show was a lot more Earth-1, hard-nosed, hard-bitten, you know, British operator. And, like, obviously there's been a lot of different origins for Alfred over the years. He's been an actor. He's been a spy, but, like, not an in-the-field spy. He was a guy who, like, you know, more wrote a desk and everything. And, you know, there was a guy where he was, like, from a long line of butlers. This show kind of tries to have its cake and eat it, too, and do all of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. If you're going to be adapting Alfred, you might as well try and bring as much into it as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, we get, boom, our big title card there, Pennyworth, which reminds me very much of, like, other BBC series. It reminds me, like, of, uh, friggin', what is it, Luthor or Sherlock or something like that. Yeah, 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 it's it's very much, I have to assume it's, somewhat inspired by especially sherlock oh there's a lot of sherlock here there's a lot of sherlock there's a lot of james bond and there's a little guy richie in here too at points yep yep 
But yeah, so we hard cut into Alfred's room, he's waking up there, and oh, he's having horrible PTSD flashbacks, and they do, I, I, I know this isn't like the progenitor of it, but it's what I always call it, the Vash the Stampede shot, when you turn around and you see his back is all scarred, you know, and oh, the scars tell a story of, you know, a life mm -hmm. of violence. Yep, yep. This is also totally just the opening scene from Sherlock when Dr. Watson wakes up and from having yeah. a similar PTSD yeah. dream. Uh that's what I was thinking of when it was like the Sherlock uh, comparison uh, parallels. Yeah, there's a lot of the, actually uh, from there. We see there's a big military funeral going on for one of the guys that Alfred served with in the war. This is post World War Two. And hey, didn't we see this graveyard either in the Sherlock show or am I thinking the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movie? Because this looks like a very yeah. familiar uh, graveyard unless they all just look yeah. like this in Britain. Yeah, well, I have to assume they probably filmed in, like, the same place and stuff like that. Because, yeah, it is filmed in uh, England. Yeah, so unless I'm going crazy, everyone, tell me, is this the same graveyard? I know I've seen this in another movie. Mm -hmm. uh, we get some little stuff there about, you know, guys from the war not doing so well, bringing back PTSD. Apparently, uh, Alfred and his buddies there have had to bury quite a few of their friends who couldn't adjust after the horrors of the war, and I'm like, well, this is pretty dark and dour to start it off. I wouldn't expect this from an Alfred show, but all right, you know, you've got a direction, you know, you've got something you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 intriguing that, like, an Alfred show would go into stuff like uh, veterans, uh, depression, post-World War II, yeah. and all that sort of stuff, but they also allude, I can't remember whether it's outrightly said, but they also allude to the fact that, oh, maybe he, he didn't kill himself. You know, maybe, maybe there was something else there. Yes, yes, it was a very mysterious death. They're like, oh, you know, it was a suicide. And then they're like, yeah, but he wrapped his car around a lamppost in broad daylight, and he was, like, the best driver the in best the car. best driver, yeah. Yeah, so clearly there was something fishy about it. It never comes up again in this episode. Does it come up in a future episode? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think in, like, a couple episodes, Alfred finds find something out, yeah. Okay, so they're planting seeds for future adventures here. Uh, yeah. I will say the show is shockingly well shot. As we said, it's actually filmed in London, and it is, you know, kind of capturing a rather interesting time in history when there's still horse-drawn carriages, but also cars and double-decker buses, and it's this weird kind and of blimps. old... Yeah, mm. blimps. I fucking love my blimps in my Batman yeah. stories, even a Batman-adjacent story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, this weird kind of culture clash of, like, the old world and the new world. And in fact, that's kind of a weird recurring theme throughout this episode. That, you know, the, the world is changing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, where, where are you going to be left? Uh, we see Alfred has a job. He, he talked up to his friends that, oh, I have a security company. No, you don't. You're just a bouncer. <laughs> You're a bouncer who's, like, trying to, like, give, like, the people he... he, he uh lets into the club like his card yeah uh, that that he ha has for a security company that isn't a real company yeah start the company i'm a doorman <laughs> which man as soon as i saw this i instantly thought of that like bbc show uh britain's hardest doorman <laughs> and i'm like alfred's not a particularly hard doorman <laughs> he's a guy in a tuxedo <laughs> though he will kick some ass later uh he gets a problem at the club apparently two americans are starting trouble they're being very loud which you don't want yeah, to be loud and belligerent which is quite usual for <laughs> unusual for americans yeah americans abroad right that's that's one of my favorite things about traveling it's like well how will i know who the americans are trust me you'll know they're louder than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> and hey that's nothing against our american viewers i'm just saying we know who you, we can pick you out of a crowd we're pretty good at finding it it's not an accent <laughs> thing it's not a how you walk thing it's just a general volume thing everyone else <laughs> in the world is at like a five you guys are at like a ten <laughs> everywhere you go which hey it's everything's very fast and loud in america so you got to talk over it hey i get it uh yeah yeah this is, of course, Thomas Wayne, who has come here to this somewhat dingy London nightclub to try and find his sister, Patricia. Yeah, Patricia Wayne. Yeah, we all yep. know the great Patricia Wayne, right? All the amazing Aunt Patricia stories from the comics. I wonder. I I, I wonder if they they wanted to do uh, 
like his cousin or something like a cane right but they could but they couldn't because of the batwoman show right you know what they should have done they should have done an adam west reference it should have been on harriet it should have been his sister harriet <laughs> if they did that i would have chuckled gone fuck you and then i would have been like you know what all right fair enough on <laughs> harriet was a bad party girl back in the day who loved to drink and get into trouble all right <laughs> again look up Anne harriet everyone back in the adam west show and in the comics at that time batman did have an aunt who would occasionally stop by <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Alfred beats up the two thugs who were kind of keeping Patricia, helps Thomas get her out, and then gets punched in the face for his trouble anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently Patricia's got a hell of a right hook that Bruce would end up adopting many years later. It runs in the family. (laughs) Uh, Bruce and Thomas exchange cards, and you know, I'm sure they'll never see each other again. No, never again, no. Nah, just just a one-time chance meeting. Never, ever again. It's, it is not a fateful meeting. It is not a meet-cute. It's just a thing that happened. Yeah. Yes. I, I do like the show, actually, like, we're, we're like, ten minutes into the episode, mm. and, like, they, they've, they've already met, because, like, it feels like... like I've, I know Gotham did this quite a fair bit, where, like, you'd have something like... Like like Alfred meeting mm-hmm. like uh, Thomas Wayne that would be like the finale like the, oh, the yeah. end of the, the end of the season just before the season ends sort of thing you know they they tease it all the way through mm-hmm. oh there's some big guy coming over from America you know all that sort of yes, stuff but no, that was that was very don't annoying. get any of that shit here no they actually get to the goddamn point here for once which hey you know I know we're ragging on Gotham a lot I know some people liked Gotham and apparently it did find its own identity near the M. But I, it just drove me fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. No. But mainly because of tone issues. Gotham's problem is that I don't think it ever knew what the hell it wanted to be. Sometimes Dude. it wanted to be a serious, like, neo-noir show. Sometimes it wanted to be, like, a modern-day Adam West thing where, like, criminals would go to, like, a Walmart of crime to get their weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Adam West or, like, Joe, Joel Schumacher sort of stuff. Yeah. And everyone was playing it like they were in a different show. Like, you know, you had mm-hmm. the main Gordon guy and the dude playing Bullock or, you know, like, playing it pretty down the middle as you should you know for a cop procedural like they thought they were in a cop procedural show then you had freaking fish mooney just chewing every goddamn piece of scenery and just like slinking around where it's like where the fuck did you come from what other show are you in yeah yeah and that was just kind of the show forever but again alfred or again i keep calling it alfred pennyworth actually does a pretty good job picking a tone and sticking with it yeah, and, and as well, it's it's a real simple tone to get for the show. Uh, it's a spy thriller. Yes, it is a spy thriller. It is a 60s-era spy thriller. Uh, Alfred meets a nice lady at the bar who, you know, gives him a handkerchief for his bloody nose, and they, you know, they, they instantly fall head over heels for each other. It's a Hollywood meet-cute for the ages, and she will basically end up being his raison d'etre for the rest of the episode, for the rest of the pilot. She, yes. uh, she changes his life. Now, hard cut from there to remind you that you're watching an epic show because we have High Lord Mustache with his prostitute and his cocaine and mm, what is going on in the House of Commons. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you can get away with more on epics, can't you, than you could with Gotham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, get, you can actually, like, show drugs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, this this genuinely surprised me. And I'm like, oh, right, epics, it's one of those networks where you can swear, you can kill people, you can do drugs, you can imply prostitution you just can't show any nipples though yeah that's the rule you can do everything yeah, that's, that's the line that's the line that's the line so high lord mustache here gets us up to speed on the two major factions in the show there's the raven society who we saw who are a group of neo-fascists who plan to make jolly old england great again basically yeah, 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 pretty much. Is the, is their big goal there. I love they say they're supported by members of the British family, maybe not Elizabeth herself. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, Philip, it's Philip, isn't it? It was Philip. Yeah. Philip's the one. <laughs> We're not going to name names, yeah. but it's it, definitely it was, Philip. Uh, King George's brother, who was literally a Nazi. Who was very literally Nazi. We don't like to talk about that, but harumph, harumph. And then the the other guys, basically the control to their chaos, the MI6 to their, you know, uh, friggin' Blofeld and his guys, the No Name League, which makes me laugh because I'm just like, well, if your name is the No Name League, then you've already failed at having no name. (laughs) 
you technically do have a name, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a logo, too? I mean, those other guys have a logo. Do you guys have a logo? <laughs> it's like Task Force X and the Suicide Squad. You're supposed to be secret, but you guys have, like, a lot of logos and a lot of branding here. Did you pay an artist to make those for you? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you said, classic spy show, very get smart, very like the old TV Avengers where it's like, here's your good spies and here's your bad spies, and they're going to be fighting each other and having many adventures. Yes, yes. Which, hey, you know, credit where credit is due, we don't really have that on TV right now. That used to be like all the rage back in the day. Yeah. I can see why if you're like an older person watching this, you'd be like, oh yeah, this does remind me of Get Smart. This does remind me of all these shows that they pretty much don't make anymore. Yeah, I would very much like to see the the like demographic. Of Same. Like, again, it's gotten three seasons, but literally... No one I know we've is ever watching. talked to. Yeah, no one fucking watches it. Or even knew it was a thing. Yeah, I have to assume that this show skews a lot older for a lot of people that don't actually know that this is a comic Batman adjacent show. Because in this first episode, they do basically nothing to make you yeah. think that this is in any way connected to Batman or Gotham. Thomas Wayne, that's about it. Yeah, that that was another really interesting thing because I thought they would definitely hit that home. Lean into like, oh, it. He'd be making all sorts of, like, bat-themed puns or like, like oh, yeah. hey, this is gonna come back this is gonna come back yeah, yeah. uh so we're introduced to our main villain of the piece uh lord fancy cape uh i think his name is like lord Har harlow hardock har something it escapes me at yeah. the moment yeah uh hard on it's something with an h i know i just watched it <laughs> But yeah, he, he comes strutting in and totally like, I am a goddamn proto-supervillain. Look at my pinstripe suit and my cape with the furs. Everybody just looking at me. It, it, it's funny because this, this character later on, he actually he, he goes full fucking uh, supervillain. He gets like a a, uh, a metal nose. Oh, yes. I think I saw that. Actually, I think I saw yeah. a picture of that. Of course yeah. he does. Which, again, is very old-school James Bond, Jaws, you know, all that yeah. other stuff. Goldfinger, you gotta have a little gimmick. Yeah, there, there's a guy later on, I, 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 I'm I, not up to it, I've only seen pictures, but apparently he's, like, some some soldier guy who ends up, like, eating a bomb that was going to blow up <laughs> London, and it turns him blue. Okay. And he has to wear, like, like a Mr. Freeze suit to sort of live. <laughs> You know what, that's like, again, it's like, wow, that's really, like, weird comic book stuff. Honestly, it's something you could see in a Bond movie from around the same yeah, time. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because, like, the two genres, like the pulp genre, the spy genre, they have a lot more crossover than you think, and a lot of the same writers wrote the same stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's not that crazy at all. So uh, Lord Fancy Cape there, uh, we discover, was behind the kidnapping of the dude from the beginning of the episode. And this guy is some big fancy banker type, is the thing. He knows he knows where all the money is. And there's apparently some great big conspiracy that they are on top of. Yes. And uh, we're going to see how that relates to Alfred and Thomas later on. Uh, I do like we actually get to see Alfred's home life as a young man. He lives at home. He's bouncing at night and everything. His parents are a little disapproving because, you know, he had so many distinguished honors from the military. And yet he seems to kind of be underachieving. His father, especially, we discover, is actually like a butler himself and says, you know, you should yes. be a domestic servant. You know, you could be a footman. You could be, you know, any of these things you want. The world is your oyster in domestic servitude. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which is like, again, it kind of goes against like what they they want for their sons. Like, oh, he's a British, you know, soldier. He's, he's decorated and everything. Mm -hmm. Just come home and just be a butler be it's a good. butler it's, it's, it's just okay and alfred being like no father i am my own man i will never butt i will never butt in this life i swear <laughs> wink wink i will never butt i will bounce i will bounce instead of oh my god that that should have been the show butting instead of bouncing i like that <laughs> Uh, I, I will admit, you know, the parents actually grew on me quite a lot as the show wears on because they give them a weird amount of personality that you wouldn't mm. expect. Yeah, yeah. But they're fun. And again, this is that whole thing about the clash of like old world England and new world 60s England. You know, you must, you know, you, you must serve your family and you must serve, you know, the country. Harumph, harumph. 
<laughs> you know, when you're going to make something of yourself, you you have no capital. <laughs> <laughs> he actually says that. Where are your capital? Where's your employees? <laughs> God, if he was much stuffier, I don't think he could breathe. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Alfred goes on his date with Esme, who we discover is not just a dancer in this not-quite-British strip club, but she's also, like, a model actress, modern-day woman, and she is also posh English, where Alfred himself is kind of more like working-class English. Yes, yes. So we got the culture clash going on with them, too, as around this time, you know, the divides got more noticeable and everything. I do think it's interesting that she's the actress in this, not him. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's quite interesting. Yeah, because, yeah, Alfred has had, like, they've had, they have been, like, origins where he has been, like, an actor. Yeah. and Or, or like, a theater uh, Guy, person. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny that they kind of work it in here via her. And he's like, I like plays. I like that Peter Pan one. That was pretty good. That had a crocodile in it. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe this is him. Uh, this is his start in, into theater. <laughs> maybe, yeah, who knows? Alfred, you gotta go undercover with a bunch of actors. <laughs> They're gonna try and assassinate the Archduke or something. <laughs> hey, uh, what is it? Friggin' the guy who shot Lincoln was an actor? Think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Them damn actors, they're shifty. You don't know what they're up to. <laughs> Someone should watch after them. She, uh, she makes him uncomfortable because she launches into, like, the speech from the play that she's doing. And he's like, oh, wow, yeah. that, that, that was mighty real, wasn't it? <laughs> she's also slightly judgmental about his military career, being like, oh, no, you killed people. How do you live with yourself? He's like, honestly, I don't. <laughs> honestly, I'm really feeling it, but, you know, we haven't created the words for PTSD yet. Therapy's not a thing, so I'm just kind of dealing with it. <laughs> and as we find out, you know, not only did he just kill people during the war, apparently Alfred was goddamn good at killing people. Yeah, he's a fucking Rambo. <laughs> yeah, he was goddamn Winter Soldier coming up, knifing dudes from behind three at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So much to the point that his military career is kind of like shrouded in secrecy, where it's like, oh, he was a quartermaster, he worked in the kitchen. No, he didn't. He went on like black ops and everything for us during the war. Yeah, he was part of, like, a, a special squad. Mm-hmm. Like, the sort of shit uh, we can't actually talk about. That's how good Alfred was. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense if he's helping Batman with his stuff. You want a guy who's tactically minded like this. In fact, I think they actually do a good job in this show showing that Alfred is, like, a three-dimensional thinker and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, uh, the date goes very well, and Alfred and Esme have very, very polite British sex. Mm, yes, mm, rather, mm, good, good show, good show that. Ah, I'm arriving. I have also arrived. Ah, good, good. Let us, let us have a cuppa then. <laughs> hey, again, I bet you didn't think you'd get a sex scene in something that is Batman adjacent, let alone that it's Alfred doing the sex. <laughs> Look, I just want you to know, Master Bruce, that in my life I have definitely fucked. <laughs> I am the butler who fucks. <laughs> in fact, every time you're out fighting crime, I'm bringing all sorts of women through here. <laughs> just so you know. That, that's why he lets him out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, yes, go do your crime fighting. <laughs> I'll just be here making cucumber sandwiches, which is what I call it. <laughs> but dumb dish. <laughs> Uh, after that, we actually jump forward a fair amount of time, and we see, uh, a young boarding school kid getting menaced by the creepy glasses mustache guy who also kidnapped the Lord, and apparently that's because this is the Lord's bastard son, mm -hmm. who they're hoping to use as leverage against the Lord who they've been torturing, but who will not give them the information they want, and that information is the name of Thomas Wayne, who, of course, he's connected to all of this, because why wouldn't he be? Yes, why Why else would he be in London? Yeah, exactly. In fact, they, they really kind of, uh, like, do a radically different take on Thomas Wayne as a character. He's a businessman. They don't really say he's a doctor, which is usually always part of his character. Mm -hmm. They actually give him, like, a full title, too. He's, like, a forensic accountant, which did they have those back in the 60s? I would have. 
um, I would imagine they've had them for quite a while. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you always gotta look at the books, I just didn't think they would call them that. Yeah, basically Thomas is here because he's looking for financial irregularities in a mm. bunch of paperwork. Apparently someone is funneling money somewhere that they shouldn't be, and because he's hot on the trail of it, he has become an enemy of the Raven Society, and they shoot up his freaking hotel room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, more, like, really cool spy thriller stuff. Very much so. Like, ah, he's so close to the truth. And even more, Skullduggery, Sykes comes in, and the only thing she manages to find amongst Thomas's effects is the business card that business Alfred card. had given him. So now Alfred is involved in this, despite that he had nothing to do with it previously. Yes, it's all falling together. Uh, yeah, and because the card says, like, security consultant, she thinks that, um, obviously he's, like, uh, Wayne's uh, bodyguard. bodyguard yeah yeah he's security and it's so beautiful too because this is a period piece this is before the times of the internet so they couldn't just look that up you just kind of had to yeah. go on a hunch and the small piece of evidence that you had yeah yeah so that's very funny to me uh alfred has esme over for dinner and oh oh it's a perfectly stuffy british affair what does your father do <laughs> is he is he proud of you oh having adventures now having individuality <laughs> not in my house i will not have it this is where dreams come to die <laughs> dad you're getting sherry drunk i know who's to say <laughs> What's great about this exchange, too, is that neither of them are like, oh, that was terrible, your father's a monster. Alfred's, yeah. Alfred's like, no, he was, he was actually doing pretty good that night, actually. That was him on a good night. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he was, he was actually doing all right. Uh, <laughs> they they decide, though, look, you know, we can't, you know, deal with our stifling parents anymore. You know, we're going we're, we're gonna to make our dreams come true. We're going to buy a flat together. My business is going to take off. You're going to be an actress, and we're going to have the British dream. Yeah. Which, you know, good good for them. And, like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, isn't it a little cliche for, like, Alfred to be driven by a woman? And then I'm like, meh, it's a trope because it works. Yeah, yeah, and you have to think, I, I, I'm not too far in, but you have to think that uh, something's going to happen oh, of course. to her that, that, that'll that uh, cause him to... Uh, Go to America, yeah. Yeah, it all, like, shut shut people out like that. Yeah, yeah. She, she basically has a big red dot over her head going, you know, bad things are going to happen yeah. to this woman. Fridge me, fridge me. Yeah, fridge she, me. she's doomed by continuity. And, hey, speaking of which, she instantly gets kidnapped after this moment <laughs> by the Raven Society. And, again, this, th this happened all the time in Gotham, but I think they're actually doing it on purpose here. Shit that I never knew if it was supposed to be funny or not, because this woman in the big hair comes and literally punches Alfred's girlfriend in the stomach and then throws yeah. her in the car. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it, it's it's not some uh, really kind of weirdly shot kidnapping. No, where, no. You know, they, they, they put the, the cloth over the face. Yeah, or the, the, the needle or something. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just, it just fucking sucks her in the gut. Punch? There's a lot of that going on in this show. This this is the first of many times this woman will get hit in the show. She gets hit several times in this. <laughs> For some reason, it feels very British. It really does. It also, I just, I just cannot help but feel like Austin Powers every time. Judo chop, judo punch. Why aren't you falling asleep? You don't even have a name tag. You don't have a chance. There's just something so wonderfully campy about it. And again, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. I'm choosing to think they are doing it on purpose because I think it's great, actually. Yeah, it is. So the part of this deal is, is hey, Alfred, we kidnapped your girlfriend. If you want her back, you have to deliver us Thomas Wayne because we assume you're in cahoots, even though uh, Alfred's like, lady, that was weeks ago. I don't even fucking remember who that guy was. <laughs> he might be famous in America, but he ain't famous here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> another thing i appreciated about this uh story that you never see anywhere else alfred actually tries to go to the cops yes yeah oh my girlfriend was kidnapped can you help me only for the guy to get up and leave when he sees the raven society is involved and everything it's like okay i guess you won't i guess all the vigilantism <laughs> that i'm about to do in the next 20 odd minutes is completely justified huh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. literally i tried to go to the cops but they will not help and this is what I like to call the Guy Ritchie segment of the show, because we did the whole James Bond thing. Now we're going full-on London tough gangsters, where Alfred ropes in his two friends from the war to put on balaclavas and try and, you know, hit the streets to find information. 
Yeah, go and beat some people up. It also reminded me very much of L.A. Noir near the end of that game, where a very similar, you know, former soldier detective gets his old squad mates from the war back together who are kind of messed up, but still yeah. have all the weapons and all the training. Yeah, yeah. Also, in a funny, like, happenstance, Alfred thought he had Thomas's card, but he didn't. Thomas had too many business cards that night and gave him, like, a like an electrician's card. <laughs> so to get the information, Alfred has to go to the electrician's house and put guns in his face until he tells him where he can find <laughs> Thomas. It's it's one of those one of those like perfect uh, things where like everything's kind of going wrong. Yes, and and it just keeps building and building and again, building again. Very Guy Ritchie. So many of his yeah. scripts are yeah. like that, where it's like you know if you guys had just kept better records or just listened a little bit, you could have cut out this whole middle part. But the middle part is where the movie happens, where people are being yeah. very violent over very small amounts of money, just trying to get to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they finally do corner Thomas, who has no idea what's going on, which I think is hilarious. That he, this is so Alfred's story, Thomas is just a small mm -hmm. part in it. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, he's pretty okay, though, with the whole, all right, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I'm a hostage now, I guess I'm coming with you to help out. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a helpful guy, those Waynes, it runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he knew, too, it's like, look, I'm probably safer with you than with the people who shot up my hotel room, so I guess I'm going with you then. <laughs> you might actually want me alive long enough to save your girlfriend and we see they have her in like a padded cell in like a creepy victorian mansion that you know looks very evocative of like a wayne manor with the gargoyles yes. and everything yes yes uh, sykes also being very creepy as her jailer and i could not help when i saw this scene remember how they played barbara gordon in the gotham show mm, do, do you yeah. Do you remember how they played her in that show? It wasn't enough that she had to have, like, a strange relationship with Jim, but it's like, yeah. oh, she's actually a secret bisexual with a drug addiction and everything. Yeah, she had, like, multiple personalities or something? Oh, it got really uncomfortable by the end, but it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ, Bruno Heller, twice you're playing gay panic in a villainous way. I don't know. I don't know what that says about you, man. Did they do that in Rome? I don't remember Rome. <laughs> It's just so funny that this is a recurring theme in his work, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which in fairness, I mean, you know, not too far away from what they would do in the James Bond movies, too. Everyone remembers the two, you know, ambiguously gay henchmen in that as well. And where it's like, ooh, yes. that did that didn't age well. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we got all that going on. Uh, Thomas and Alfred actually don't get a chance to talk all that much in the show because no. again it's so much of Alfred's story but they do kind of have a one-on-one -on -one in the car where they like kind of talk about life and everything and you know Thomas talks about his family and you know how important they are and everything Th they get it over yeah yeah without overdoing it too because you think it'd be like oh my my little son Bruce who has you know such bright eyes and such a bright future ahead of him well I have to imagine Bruce isn't born yet yeah I guess so yeah, I'm, I, I, again, I can't speak for later seasons, but yeah, I would assume, because the show's set in the 60s, yeah. I would imagine he'd be born 70s, maybe. Yeah, the timeline doesn't line up, you're right. <laughs> it's very close, though. It is. They could have made it very lame, where it's like, I need to live, I need to live so I can have a son named Bruce, who I will love and take to the... See, see, see that's like something I could see, like... Uh, Gotham doing. I know, right? It's hard to believe this is like made by the same people. the absolute shit out of it, like, we don't even know that's gonna be happening, you Yeah. Know? <laughs> In case you didn't know. So yeah, the Raven Society thugs show up and everything, and it's a big, tense, high noon standoff here in this dingy, run-down London estate. But oh wait, uh, Alfred's friends were actually, you know, doing the whole camo thing, and they pop up and shoot them, and actually, pretty well put together little action scene. Yeah, yeah, the action scenes in the show are really quite good. Yeah, I'm, like, genuinely shocked. Like, wow, money and time and choreography went into this. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is, like, actually a really well done, really well put together scene. Naturally, uh, the Raven Society was pulling a fast one on Alfred. They never actually intended to hand her over the first time. But they're pretty impressed, though, that Alfred killed the shit out of all the henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, you, you win this one. Where are we actually going to meet to talk this over? <laughs> and uh, one of Alfred's buddies steps in there, and it's like, look, we're not actually going to go to the second location. You know, to never go to the second location. Let's actually pit the two surviving henchmen against each other. Now, whoever tells us gets to live shot, shoots the guy. Okay, I guess you get to tell us. <laughs> Again, very Guy Ritchie, very Get Carter, very, you know... Yeah. 
brutal London gangstery, which I did not expect from an Alfred show, but I like it. It fits it so well. It really does. They're blending a lot of different genres in here, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. So Esme tries to escape. She whacks Sykes with a tea kettle, not once but twice, and then kicks her down a flight of stairs. Do, do we find out later that this woman has superpowers or something? Because she takes a hell of a beating but keeps coming back. I th- well, I think that's like the, the heavy trope. You know, I they're, guess. They're, they're always like, you know, a bit more tougher than the usual goons. That's true. J- James Bond can't take them down easily. They got to fight throughout mm. the whole movie and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why you're the heavy. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Yeah. Esme thinks she's safe for a second because she stumbles upon Lord Cape Haver's big fancy dinner, only to realize, ah, damn it, this conspiracy runs so deep, they're all in on it, I guess. Shit. Yep. Yep. It's the conspiracy, man. Uh, We meet the prerequisite cop character because every show like this needs a cop character to, you know, chase our hero around. His name is Aziz, doesn't get much to do in this episode, but he's here just to set up that some of the police are actually trying to deal with the Raven Society. They're just not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, he's he's basically... Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know he appears in, in later episodes. I think he's he's uh, a regular. Of so, course. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's essentially Gordon. Uh, Alfred works up a whole plan to infiltrate the bad guy base and get his girlfriend back. We get a very funny standoff with him and an old lady who's just filling an old-timey World War II machine gun, and Alfred pulls a gun on an old woman, only for the old woman to be, like, over there. <laughs> this, uh, Alfred gave no fucks in his youth. Yeah, no, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, also, Batman, no guns. It's the enemy, or it's the weapon of the enemy. Alfred's like, I love them, though, and we'll use them all yeah. the time. I'll shoot old ladies if I have to. Yeah, know? exactly. I'm, I'm hard as fuck. Uh, obviously, of course, he ends up getting caught by the bad guys, because, again, we're riffing on James Bond, so now the villain needs to sit Alfred down and tell him the intricacies of his evil plot. Mm-hmm. You see, we're actually trying to save England from d- depravities and stuff, you know. <laughs> just, we're going to save them for Queen and country. Does the Queen know? No, but you know. No, no. But we know what's best. Yeah, we, we don't see how that's important. And we're planning a coup d'etat, and we need good men like you, Alfred, to help fight and die for our cause. And I will admit, this joke made me laugh, where Alfred's like, yeah, when you started using a French word, I stopped listening. <laughs> And he says that later on, where it's like, ah, yes, it's your raison d'etre up there. You go again, (laughs) using French words. I don't like it. (laughs) Well-known textbook hater of the French, Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, this goddamn French, you know. (laughs) You didn't know that because Batman never brings it up, but Alfred will just go on for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, did I ever mention how much I hate the French, Master Bruce? (laughs) It's a real thing of mine. (laughs) So yeah, they have this little back and forth, you know, we're not so different, you and I, join me on the dark side, and Alfred's like, nah, (laughs) not gonna, fuck off. Uh, His buddies, who he told to wait for three rings, get a little impatient, and so they come in, guns ablaze, and so we can have another big shootout, which gives Alfred just enough time to escape and beat up all the cronies, and break the neck of the guy who is actually keeping his girlfriend hostage. (laughs) And he goes, look away, look away. (laughs) Yeah, I looked away, but I still heard the crack. (laughs) You know, I taught Superman how to break necks. Yep, that was me. (laughs) <laughs> Bet you didn't know. Big fan of my work. See, look, it's okay for Alfred to do it because as this episode shows, he never once said he was a superhero or a vigilante. <laughs> He's just a dude doing wet work, man. Yeah, it's just a dude shooting old ladies and cracking necks. Yeah, understandably, this causes a bit of a rift in their relationships. Where it's like, look, <laughs> I was I was making peace with the fact that you killed people in the war, but you've killed how many people today trying to get me back? Yeah, just in downtown London. What? Yeah, 12, 24, you know, after the first six, you just stop counting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the day is essentially saved. The bad guys are routed. The good cop comes and, you know, arrests as many people as he can. Oh, that's going to stick. I can already tell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the pilot episode, we're never going to see these guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alfred returns home only to realize, ah, crap, you know, the shamed Sykes has actually come here seeking revenge because she was basically told to, you know, take a lap by evil Lord Capington, so she took matters in her own hands, taking, uh, Alfred's family hostage. Mm-hmm. 
And Alfred is like, look, I don't know where my girlfriend is. I swear to God, she like literally just broke up with me because I'm so murder happy. What do you want from me? <laughs> Only for her to later knock at the door. And it's like, oh, great. I guess you can come and join the hostage situation now. Yeah, yeah. I love, too, he's, like, it's a hostage situation with, like, a double-barreled shotgun. It's like, well, he's only got two chances to shoot you, and then after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can dodge this, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's two of them, there's four people in the room, so unless he lines you all up. <laughs> once again, Esme starts getting in Sykes' face, and she gets hit not once but twice, and the other guy jailing her hit her, too. So she's been hit four times in the face <laughs> in this episode in the span of, like, two days. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I wonder when this lady read the script, it's like, why do I keep getting hit so many times? <laughs> Though, in fairness, she hits her back the last time, which allows Alfred enough chance to go in and grab the gun. Yeah. And here's where I actually kind of fell in love with the show in a way I was not expecting. Alfred's parents get involved in the fight, and his mom whoops the shit out of sight. Yeah. His dad glasses the dude with the shotgun, and then they both, like, have a fucking boot party on the other thug. And I'm like, wait, do I love this show, actually? It, it, it kind of makes sense, though, doesn't it? Like, it's like, of course Alfred's parents are, like... Are hard as uh, fuck. Like, hard as fucking know how to fight. <laughs> I kind of love this. I'm like, you know what? This, this is silly in all the best ways. I am totally yeah. into this weird-ass drama of <laughs> Alfred's parents just whooping ass and taking names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, we're not done yet. The episode is mostly over, but because it's a pilot, we need to set up future adventures. Uh, High Lord Mustache has uh, smoothed everything over with the Raven Society. Their leader managed to make it out. He's a little worse for wear, and oh, he'll be back making trouble for Alfred next time. Next time, Alfred. <laughs> but we're still not quite done yet because Thomas Wayne needs to sort of offer him his job, but Alfred can't quite take it yet because it's the beginning of the series. Yes, yeah, yeah, you'll have to. That'll be the finale, you know. Yeah. They, they also imply that Thomas Wayne isn't just a forensic accountant and a rich guy from America, he's also a by maybe yeah yeah there's like more of that in the coming episodes where yeah it's, it's yeah he's like kind of some sort of spy looking into like the this whole raven society shit right so he he works for the no-name league i assume he works for like the other organization I so yeah i think so <laughs> so he's basically peter parker's dad with them being spies <laughs> and everything <laughs> so apparently thomas wayne in this show is everything except a doctor yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he will become a doctor eventually. Right. I mean, I guess it's true enough for Batman. He's a kung fu escape artist, chemist, you know, mm -hmm. super scientist, everything else. It only makes sense that Thomas Wayne have a hundred jobs, too. Mm -hmm. Now, no British show would be fully complete either if we didn't take a stop by Queen Elizabeth so Alfred could be given a medal of commendation for all the good work he's done. I'm like, they really put this in the first episode? Alfred meets the fucking Queen? Are you for real? It feels like a finale thing, doesn't it? It really does. This feels like the end of the show. He gets to meet the yeah. Queen and get a commendation, but no, he gets it in the pilot. I'm like, does this keep happening? Is Alfred going to meet, like, every important person in British history? Like, he's gonna meet the Beatles, and he's gonna meet, like, you know, Winston Churchill's ghost, and everyone else. Because, <laughs> you know, Alfred is, like, the most important British person who ever lived, apparently. Yeah, he's... I, I think... I do think at one point he does fight Jack the Ripper. Of some, course he does. He fights someone named Jack Ripper. You know? Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he do these things? <laughs> I mean, shit, apparently in season three, they're going to be doing a goddamn V for Vendetta thing. Yeah, apparently the show not only has been building towards, obviously, like, the Batman stuff, but it's also been setting up in the background with all of this Raven Society and imagine whatever else the, mm -hmm. the show is doing. Um, it's all stuff to do with V for Vendetta and setting up that world. Madness. Utter yeah. madness. Who yeah. let them get away with that? I... I I'm really intrigued to actually see how they get there, because so I kind of want to watch on. I know, because that's just, like, such a fucking big brain idea. But then you're reminded that Gotham did, like, the goddamn mutant gang and everything, like, early mm. on in the show. Like, well, how the hell does yeah, this work? Yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> so apparently that's just a common thing, where it's like, does this take place in the far future? Does this not even take place in that universe? We don't care. We'll put it in here. 
Yeah, whatever. Why no. not? It's TV. We're throwing everything at the wall. See what sticks. Yeah, Alfred's going to fight Jimmy Savile in, in <laughs> season four. <yeah. laughs> you joke, but like, seriously, that sounds like something they would do. <laughs> that would actually be pretty awesome. Not on Alfred's watch, punch. <laughs> I'm stopping you now in the 1960s before you can really get started. <laughs> and the Rolling Stones are there, and it's like, you hold a mech, thanks. <laughs> uh but yeah so that's the alfred show everyone that's pennyworth and yeah i didn't hate it like the concept is still like silly as shit yeah it is like the idea of giving alfred a show but i dare say this is probably as good an alfred show as you could make it could be a lot worse it could be so much worse they, like, weirdly do focus on the good things. There is, like, a theme of, like, you know, British classism and, you know, the transforming of the world at the end of the war. And it fills that spy show niche that they don't really make spy shows anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there's actually something like uh, Jack Bannon. We didn't talk about him, the main guy who plays Alfred. Pretty good as an actor. He's got, good. He's got charisma. You know, he's yeah. got a screen presence. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, having a pretty good career off the back of this. Yeah, I, I hope he does as well, yeah. Yeah, he seems he seems likable enough, and this show actually seems okay. And with that, everyone, we can actually bring to close our haven't-seen-it arc. And I gotta say, we actually liked basically all the shows we covered in this arc. They all had something, yeah. I was generally thought that there would be, like, a stinker in here. I, I thought this would be the stinker. I thought we could tear same, this one apart. Same. Same. I'm, I'm a little disappointed with how good this actually was. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like when I started watching it, I was like, oh, this, this is hitting all the right right notes and everything. It's so I, cool. I saved up all the venom for this, and I didn't get to <laughs> unleash it. Shit. <laughs> oh, well, maybe next time. But yeah, so with one arc coming to an end, we can actually start a new arc. And in fact, hey, if you're a member of the patron, you'll actually get to see what shows and what arcs I have planned next. I have a couple ideas for some stuff that we might like to see, some more animated stuff, some more live action stuff. If you uh, have an idea for something you would like to see us cover in the future, or like a thematic arc tying several different shows together let us know down in the comments section below because we'll probably do it at some point yeah there's quite a few shows out there we haven't covered in anything yet indeed there is we had a couple ideas that we came up with just when we were doing this we're like oh we should do like the superhero shows that weren't related to comics that like came out in like that post heroes boom period so like yes. the cape and no ordinary family yeah, although, so we should do the, the Powers TV show. That yeah. was a PlayStation Store exclusive. Oh, my God. I watched the first episode of that. Oh, my God. Talk about I'm something. I'm pretty sure I did, but it was so long ago, I can't remember it. I remember nothing from that show. Yeah. Talk about something that came and went in the blink of a fucking eye. Mm. I guess we'd do that, and then we'd have to do, like, Jupiter Ascending, maybe, too. And like, this, I was thinking that, yeah. yeah. This got canned after one season, which is a shame, because it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. It was pretty cool. Maybe we'll do, like, Dark Angel. Remember Dark Angel? Yeah, yeah James Cameron's Dark Angel. I think we also pitched the idea, too, of doing, like, a Saturday morning anime uh, one. Mm-hmm. Maybe do, like, uh, the 90s, uh, like, image-adjacent shows that got made, like, Spawn and The Max and Savage Dragon that all got, like, one seasons. Yes, yes. So, again, lots of places we could take the show, everyone, but I'm rambling. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We hope you enjoy watching Retro Hero Video as much as Matt and I enjoy making it. And we'll be back again next week, probably with uh, a regularly scheduled episode. Yeah, yeah, I think we will be. Yeah, so until then, everyone, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you all again next time. Retro Hero Video out. <laughs>